Now, before we proceed with this episode, I do have something important that I need to share with everybody. As you guys know, about two years ago, I did a sketch comedy show called The Going Live Show. And while I was on the show, I worked with a very talented cast and became friends with practically every cast member on the show. And one friend that I had in particular, her name was Tata Sharice. Now, if you watch the Going Live show, you know who Tata is. She was basically um, the public defender. That was her uh, main gimmick on the uh, show. That was the main character she played, and she did that quite a few times. And if you saw the um, Hood Exorcist sketch, uh, she played the mother in the sketch. Like, I played the, uh, the priest that was trying to, you know, get the demon out of of her son in the sketch. Uh, she played the mom and I played the priest going, the power of Christ compels you. Like that was me. Well, sadly this past Christmas Eve, uh, Tata Sharice was carjacked at gunpoint while coming home from a comedy show. Now the good news is she is not hurt physically. The bad news is her car was stolen and the merchandise that she sells after shows was stolen as well. And she currently has a GoFundMe page set up to help her raise the money that she needs to get a new car and order more merch so she can you know, get back to selling merch and get out there performing. And what I'm going to do is I am going to read the synopsis of her GoFundMe page to further illustrate what she's looking for rather than try to paraphrase it. So this is on her GoFundMe page. Hey y'all, so I got carjacked. I'm no stranger to obstacles or overcoming tough times, but what recently happened to me was something I really wasn't prepared for. I was carjacked at gunpoint by two men on Christmas Eve coming home from a show. Comedy is now the majority of my income, so my car was very important to me because it's how I get to most shows. Also, all of my Tata Sharice merchandise was in the trunk of my car, which is another big part of my income. I'm blessed to be alive. I do about five to 10 shows a month and I'm really grinding. I don't plan to give up at all, but I'm creating this GoFundMe to help speed things up so I can get back to doing what I love and bring joy to others. Anything that anybody can contribute would be greatly appreciated and used to go towards a car and to replace my merchandise that I sell at shows. I appreciate the support and my spirit has not been broken. Thank you for the love that people have already showed me and anything further helps. I just entered year six of my stand-up comedy career and it has been an incredible journey. I've hit amazing milestones and so far I've performed in over 200 shows non-stop, but I can't let this situation situation slow me down. And as I mentioned before, Tata Sharice is a friend of mine. I've worked with her before. She is hilariously funny and a tremendous talent. And I am encouraging all of the Boochcast fans to donate money to Tata Sharice's GoFundMe to help her get back on her feet, get back on the road, and get back to doing what she does best. So from now until the GoFundMe page is completed, I am going to be putting the link to her GoFundMe page on every single Boochcast episode going forward inside the synopsis so you can use it to go there and do whatever you can to help her out. I will also be providing links on the Boochcast social media pages so you can access them there as well. So go to the link, donate what you can, and help Tata Sharice get back to bringing joy and laughter to the world.
What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of AEW Revolution 2023. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We are back after a two-month hiatus from the AEW recaps. We are back again to talk about the All Elite Wrestling. And of course, ladies and gentlemen, I cannot do that without the AEW correspondent. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Kato Ricky Ross. Eagle, buzzard, sparrow, crow, take me down where the wind don't blow. I want a butt ugly slut with a bad drinking problem and a jealous old man in jail. Hello, Mr. Budgerelli. Hello, Mr. Gator. I'm writing country songs, you know, because I had time. Yes, you had lots of time. And, um, you know, uh, so Gator, uh, how's it feel to be back after such a long hiatus, May W? Um, I hate you. Okay. Uh, now, I ladies and gentlemen, some of you might be confused. At the time that you're listening to this, the Dynamite episode that follows this pay-per-view is happening on Wednesday night. This is out on a Wednesday morning. Some of you might be wondering, Boots, don't you normally put these out the day after the pay-per-view? Well, yes, children. That is normally It's my bad. It's my bad. Yes. Uh, so, Gator, please explain to the children why they're listening to this three days late. I had to work. Some of us got medical bills and we got to pay our shit, so anyway. I'm just saying, because I didn't even know Gator still had this job. I thought he was just working at the school, so I'm like, what the fuck do you mean he's working? Is he at a wrestling show somewhere? Or, but no, it, it was apparently the trucking place and apparently some fuckery went down. Yeah, there was a truck drive and then there was a oh lord children there was a small fire and a tire blew up and then they wouldn't take the freight then the freight had to go back from san antonio back to florida it was a terrible situation but it's okay uncle gator has got the non-sugar whoop ass of sprite zero (laughs) yes yes the non-sugar whoop ass by the way sprite zero we are available for sponsorship if you are interested so anyway yes and i'm totally okay with taking our entire sponsorship deal in Sprite Zero. He is. I want cash. I want a year's supply. Yeah. Give us the money. Give him the supply. How about that? I mean, I want the money, too. You'll get your cut. Uh, so I, mean, I want my cut, but I also want a year's supply of the non-sugar whoop-ass because it's non-sugar whoop-ass. Even though I don't like the can, it is very black. Well, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, as we mentioned before, we are here for the AEW Revolution recap, and we are going to kick things off with the first official match of the evening with the JAS band from ringside. We have... The influencer, Chris Jericho versus Absolute Ricky Starks. Okay, so Jericho targets the injured ribs here. Starks' first spear was countered into a code precor. Sparks managed to hit the spear on the second attempt. Uh, didn't keep Jericho down. Jericho was trapped in a single leg crab. Sammy Guevara trotted down the ramp. Boom! Action Andretti hit a blindside tackle upon Sammy. Uh, Jericho uses distraction, grabbed the ball bat, hit Starks in the ribs. Jericho loaded up the Judas effect. Starks blocked it with his signature pose. And Stark hammered Jericho. Set him up for the Rochambeau and the victory. Yes. I, for one, definitely enjoyed this match. Uh, I will say, you know, Starks had his ribs taped to sell the injury at the hands of the JAS, which was uh, very well done. Now, I should preface before I say anything. Have you guys been tuning in? We have not done any build-up to this pay-per-view at all. Mostly because, as I mentioned before, with AEW, there's no such 
thing as a buildup. They wait till the next couple of weeks and then they just throw shit at the wall. Somewhat of a buildup. I was I was keeping. Track. Yes, Gator was keeping track, even though we were on hiatus. Gator was still keeping track and watching the buildup to these matches. So I have no idea because I only watched a couple of YouTube clips during this hiatus. But anyway, yes, there was this one time when MJF uh, admitted to a crime. Yes, we'll get to MJF later on though. But right now, uh, Starks, you know, taping the ribs to sell the injury from the JAS, I thought was great. The crowd was split during this match, which was awesome. You know, at times Jericho was actually getting some positive reactions, which was shocking. I hate that. I hate that. I absolutely hate it because here's the thing. He's the heel. He's the face. Stop being fucking stupid. You don't like the crowd split 50-50? No, I don't like the crowd split 50-50. Fuck all them kids. Okay. Um, Some of them. Some of them need a need a cold drink and 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 a little bit of a shut the fuck up. Yeah, preferably if your mom goes and buys you one at the concession stand. So anyway, the veterans. And then, and yes, yes, but sometimes sometimes you need a nice man to be a father figure in your life. Yes, we're gonna get to that later. Uh, the veterans triangle drop kick still looks good most of the time. I thought that was very well. Starks hit a really nice tornado DDT off the middle rope. I thought that was well done. Um, the spear that he hit looked really good. He got a big jump before the delivery, so he really definitely put a lot of emphasis on the spear. Um, Sammy G interfering I thought was unnecessary. It's like, they're banned from ringside. Why running out? Why even do it? That's just stupid. Psychology is lost on this company. Uh, now, granted, right. Action right. Andretti, I liked Action Andretti coming out, I guess, if they're gonna do this. See, but that's what you do on a dynamite. You don't exactly. do that you don't on do- a pay-per-view everybody's barred from ringside. Exactly. Unless you're going to do a spot where Jericho is screaming at him, no, 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 I can do this. I can do this. I don't want to lose the match. Some kind of acknowledgement of the fact that they're barred from ringside. Exactly. That's good. So I'm saying, while it did look good for Action Andretti, it sucked overall in the match, is what I was trying to say. So anyway, despite all that fuckery, still a great match, still solid, and this is definitely going to establish Ricky Starks as one of, if not the top babyface in AEW. If there's a bigger baby face in him, I'd love to hear it. If he's not number one, he's at least number two behind whoever number one is. Because Ricky Starks, to me, he is the next top baby face. Like, I think, even though they've already wrestled now, I think down the road, him and MJF could be one of the most classic rivalries in AEW history if they revisit it at some point. I agree. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening, the last burial match, or the final burial match, whatever we want to call this. It's, it's a goddamn casket match, but anyway. It's Jungle boy Jack Perry one-on-one against Christian Cage. Okay, two things. Two things. Two things here. Okay. This is supposed to be the end of this rivalry? Yes. Okay. Why are we having a casket match? Is it because of the idea that Jungle Boy dug the grave of his own father? Is that where we're going with this? Because there was no, even during the build-up, there was no build-up. It was just, hey, y'all, we're going to have a casket match. Yeah, I think it was because of that vignette with Jungle Boy digging the hole. Yeah, but that was the only tie back to it, was the fact that he dug his father's grave with his bare hands. Oh, I get it. I'm just trying to say that's, I think that's why they're doing it, but there's no reason for them to do that. It does nothing. I mean, 
really, except I think that's what it was meant to do. That's why, like, when he... Do you have any notes on the match you want to give before I start talking? No, not really, because there was nothing here. There's nothing to call here because there's it's just, like, blah. Originally, the idea was, was supposed to be some kind of fight, right? It's supposed to be a fight. Some kind of, of no-holds-barred type situation. Okay, that made more sense to me than a casket match, yeah. because that's basically what this was. Yeah, originally when they did that go-home thing, I had a feeling they were going to add something to this. When they said final burial, my first thought was, oh crap, this is a buried alive match. Then I heard casket close the lid, and I'm like, oh great, this is a casket match. But I think is when he hit that final concerto, and then rolled him into the coffin, and kind of like kissed his forehead, and then slammed the lid, it was meant to be like, Christian was like a father to me because my real father's dead, you know, for a shoot. And Christian's been a mentor to Jungle Boy since he came in. You know, he was with him and Luchasaurus. And so that whole thing split. So in a lot of ways, it was like he was burying a father figure. So I will say, despite the fact that the gimmick match made no fucking sense at all, I will say, I give credit where it's due, Jungle Boy, Jack Perry, he fucking brought all the emotion that this match needed. I think Jungle Boy, this was a historic career-making match for him. Just for the fact that he showed, because everybody already knows he can wrestle. We've established that. And I've said that a million times with every wrestler that isn't main event worthy, but everyone complains, they know how to wrestle. We know. You've established that already. We know you can do the flips and the tricks and the chain wrestling and the bump. Congratulations. You have an associate's degree from wrestling school. Pat you on the head. Here's your cookie. Can you do the advanced level? Can I see that from some of y'all? Do you have anything else? that a main event player needs besides hit, toss, drop down, leapfrog, Canadian destroyer? Is there anything else you're bringing to the table? For 90% of you, the answer is no, you're not. Jungle Boy just showed me the other 10%. The facial expressions, the emotion, the pacing, the hesitation. He didn't slam the lid right away. You know, he threw him in the coffin, the kiss on the forehead, looking up at the crowd, building the suspense, and then slammed the lid and the thing drops down, which I thought was weird. The casket just dropped. Why? Why? Unless you're going to shovel dirt on it, why did it need to drop like it's on a freaking lever? Like someone pushed a button and it went cling? Like it's springboard down. Like why? I don't know why it did that, but still. Jungle Boy made this match. And Christian, in turn, made him. Christian did his thing as the veteran. Getting the heat, making him look good, wearing the sleeveless turtleneck. At one point, you know, Jungle Boy steals a fan's beer and dumps it on Christian's head. Which is like, you know, on the one hand, you think it's kind of cool, but at the same time, it's like, motherfucker, I paid for that. No. Never dump your beer on another wrestler. Dump it on the patron. That is so the opposite of what you should do. Uh, Cage blowing a kiss to Perry's sister sitting in the front row was a great heel move, you know, doing the whole, like, call me kind of thing. I loved it. Christian did his job. He got his heat. Um, You know, it was very well done. And Jungle Boy being the baby face, making the comeback, having the moment. Like, Jungle Boy showed he can be the total package when he wants to be. You know, I think Jungle Boy, he's showing the psychology, the pacing, the facial expressions. Now, is he a master of psychology? Fuck no. But, I think Jungle Boy is taking a step in the right direction. Gator, what do you think? Wrestling! Okay. Now, obviously, ladies and gentlemen, we are skipping the next match because it involves three cancer cells and then three people who no one gives a shit about except for hardcore marks. But, we I... here at the Boochcast now shut off the lights <laughs> as we do not sanction the next contest. Yes. All I'm going to say is one thing. Shout out to the House of Black 
for winning the trios championships. I don't like them, but if I have a choice between them and the cancer cells, I choose the House of Black. That entire division is a joke. Moving on. Yes. Moving on to the next match of the evening. Speaking of a joke, we have the AEW Women's Championship match. We have Jamie Hayter defends the title against Ruby Soho and Soraya. As the hater of women's wrestling, I must say, this was fucking horrible. <laughs> this was like watching a monkey fuck a football. <laughs> this was like sodomizing your kid with Down syndrome. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, this is like drinking a non-alcoholic beer, okay? Which is also like eating out your sister. It might taste the same, but it's just fucking wrong. Jesus Christ. This is a terrible situation. <laughs> it was just fucking wrong. <laughs> Aren't you glad we're back? Yes, this is like watching a kid with Tourette's try to do the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> Like you want to look away, but you know you can't because you're waiting to hear the word fuck. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm having a heart attack. Okay. This is like watching a young man with cerebral palsy try to use a fork with his bad hand. You yeah. know, you're expecting him to at least try to hit his mouth, but he ends up stabbing himself in the neck 16 times. Okay, okay, Gator, easy, easy. Did you get your point? Do I got my point yet? You made your point a long time ago. Have I made my point? Gator, if you have any more <laughs> saying, save them for other matches that might have sucked. Unless you enjoyed the other matches following this. But I'm just like, dude. Uh, neg negatory, but I got a few more. So go ahead. Let's save him for another match. Um, now, in spite of all that, <laughs> in spite of all that, do you have any specific notes regarding the match you want to talk about? Or is, did you just hate it that okay. much? Here's, here's my question. I'm not a fan of these three ways, okay? Either Never been a fan of three ways. Because this breaks down into a clusterfuck very quickly. If you're going to do a three way, you need to have all three people in the ring at the same time at certain points of the match. Instead of this person bails out and then it's like spot, bail out and spot, bail out and spot. Spot. And why is it in every single fucking three-way, four-way on the indies, we see that same top rope suplex powerbomb spot? I'm so tired of that spot. The Tower of Doom? Is that what you're referring to? God, I hate that spot. I don't hate it. I just don't like the fact that it's constantly overdone. I think that's my complaint. If it was saved for special occasions and done by people to where it looks menacing and devastating, I believe it a lot more. But everybody's like, we can do everything the other people can do. No, you can't. Some things just don't work because you ain't got the build for it. A Tower of Doom spot does not work if all of you are skinny. Someone needs to be a fat fuck to make it devastating. And none of you are fat fucks, nor should you be. The only good part about this entire match is I got to see that ass. Yes. <laughs> Although she was barely in the match because she was a valet. Um, I don't give a shit. I got to see that ass. Yes. That being said, I'm going to say this match was fucking horrible, as Gator yeah, said. Two British chicks and an American woman. The porno you want, but didn't get. Yes, exactly. First of all, here's the, here's the thing. The fact that Soraya is not the women's champion right now means Tony should lose his Booker of the Year award for that. Just the simple fact that Jamie Hayter still has this belt. The most irrelevant person in the match. She's basically Britt Baker's sidekick and Britt Baker standing there like a fucking cheerleader for her, which is goddamn ridiculous. You got Soraya who is heel for reasons I'm not figuring out. And apparently they're trying to copy TNA, which is funny because 
Jeff Jarrett's there where they're doing, oh, here's the AEW originals and here's the women that are being brought in from other companies and they're doing the whole thing. We started this company. We founded this company. Yeah, because you had no other options and nobody else wanted to fucking hire you and nobody knew your names before you got here. This is basically AJ Styles and Scott Steiner cutting promos on each other. Watch, it's going to turn into that. Leading forward, you guys go on the internet. Come talk to the veterans. We'll tell you that you suck. Calling it right now. This rivalry is fucking stupid. And it only works because AEW lives in a bubble. Your boys in a plastic bubble. Or, or bubble boys in a plastic bubble. And you have no idea what the outside world even cares about. Because if you did, there's no fucking way Jamie would have retained this goddamn belt. Also, and this is, I'm going to say this about this match, but I'm going to say this about a lot of other matches as well. Is it a crime in AEW? Is it against the law in AEW to stay in the ring? Does every match on the card have to have floor spots? Now look, I'm not against floor spots in matches. What I'm against is floor spots in every single fucking match there is. Seriously. Y'all are fighting out on the floor, going out around the building. Why are the women doing that? And also, here's another question. And I, and this is going to tie into something else that we may talk about in a future episode or if Gator wants to talk about it now, I'll happily talk about it now. But um, Ruby Soho, if you need security's help to climb up onto a ramp and dive onto people, here's an idea. Don't climb up and don't dive onto people. Why is security helping you in a match? Is it a hand-picked security guard that came to the ring with you? Is he your husband? Is he your boyfriend? Is he your brother? Are you related to this man in any way? No? Then why the fuck is he helping you? His job is not to help you in a match. His job is to make sure fans don't jump the barricade. Am I wrong? Tell me I'm wrong. Am I right? Tell me I'm right. I'm waiting. For fuck's sake. I am sick of this crap. This is worse than when the rest held the ladder for Powerhouse Hobbs. Okay, here's my question. Why are the... The refs are supposed to be impartial. Why are they doing the things that they're doing? Oh, but Gator, the talent needs to be protected when they're doing their spots. Fuck the talent and fuck that kid. The security guard's not a kid, but okay. Half these spots were unnecessary. Especially when Sarai has a neck injury or recovered from a neck injury, but we're gonna do a spot where she lands on a fucking ring apron. Enough with the goddamn ring apron. We get it. It's the most painful part of the ring. Stop trying to cripple each other for fans who will turn on you the second you get famous. It is not worth it. This whole match fucking was the saddest shit I've ever seen in my life. And all the way up to the finish. And then afterwards, there's a beatdown on everybody, and Ruby Soho apparently turned heel and aligned with Sarai and Tony Storm. And not a single fuck was given. Alright, now I'm moving on. <laughs> to the next match of the evening, the Texas Death Match in a place that's not Texas. And we got John Moxley versus Hangman Adam Page. Oh my god, I hate this. This was not a Texas Death Match, children. This is not a real Texas Death Match. A real Texas Death Match, there are pinfalls or submissions, and then there is a 10 count. After a 30-second rest period, the object is to destroy your opponent so that he cannot walk. This was a glorified last man standing match with submissions. There was no safety accounted in this. It was just too much fuckery. You know I hate barbed wire. You know I hate it. I thought you just hated taking it. I didn't know you hated it in general. I don't like it in wrestling. And who taught Adam Page how to blade? <laughs> who taught him how to blade? I don't know. Oh, my God. He looked like he went and got a pap smear. Well, you do realize that he never bladed himself. John Moxley stabbed him. Yeah, but he went back and tried to get it if you watch carefully. Okay. He went back and tried to get it and didn't do a good job. Okay. He did about as good a job as Zach does trying to get his dick out to take a piss. <laughs> 
Oh my god, I don't know what I'm doing. And a lot like Zach's dick, this match was extremely unsatisfying. Uh, I will say about this match, um, obviously, I liked Hangman's entrance. He had the Ghost Rider song. I do like the new music. Yes. And then, of course, as I mentioned before, Moxley did, you know, cut up Adam Page, and he was using a fork. When did John Moxley become Abdullah the Butcher? He's not. Abdullah actually knew what he was doing with the fork. Moxley actually legitimately stabbed that motherfucker in the head. I was watching. Or a shoot, he stabbed the guy in the head. Yes. Now, ladies and gentlemen, um, if you're not Abdullah the Butcher, don't use a fucking fork in a match. You don't know what you're doing. Don't fuck with a fork. Yeah. And also, here's the problem with this match. First of all, this is one difference Gator and I have. I don't mind that the stipulation was, you know, knockout or submission. I'm just glad there was no fucking sombrero in the ring. No, it wasn't a Mexican death match. It was a Texas death match. There's a difference. I don't Oh, no, Texas is close to Mexico. A sombrero could have showed up anyway. Uh, but anyway, my point Screw is... Screw you. That's what we told that driver to do when he uh, got laid over in San Antonio, Texas, was to find him a mamacita and a sombrero. I'm sure you did. Now, my point is, here's the other way to have this match. Obviously, this is a death match. I knew going in, there was going to be blood. People were going to get color, juice, gig, whatever you want to call it. I knew it was coming. And normally, I would have no problem with that. Here's the problem I have. The blood did not add to this match. No. Un- un- until Hangman started bleeding. Because Moxley bleeding does nothing to the match. Why? Because he bleeds every week. Can you name a Moxley match in AEW recently where he was not bleeding uncontrollably in the match? I'll bet you can't. It is goddamn ridiculous how much Moxley bleeds in a match. Which again, it defeats the purpose of the blood. Blood is meant to build suspense in a match or create sense of urgency or make the fans go, oh my god. Mm-hmm. But it only works if they rarely see it. Yes. See, people complain about WWE because they don't do blood. And to an extent, that is wrong. But the problem with AEW and most indie companies is they bleed too much or bleed when it's not appropriate. It's also the issue of anytime you see John Moxley, you know damn good and well that motherfucker's going to bleed because he just likes to cut himself. Yeah, he's sick. He's twisted. I don't know how he's married with kids. I'm fascinated by that. It's ridiculous. Now, the barbed wire, I was okay with because I'm used to seeing it. I was even okay with some of the weapons. When the brick came out, I went, what the hell? It's a death match, so I let it go. But how do you safely work with a brick? Because there was no safe way to work with that. I, unless he, like, stomped on it but didn't put as much pressure and Adam oversold it. I don't know. When you hit a man in the face with a brick? I mean, hitting him with the brick, yeah. I'm talking about when he had it sandwiched between his hands. You can work that. He, he did. You can work that. But I'm talking about when he straight up hit him in the face with the brick. Yeah, that's kind of, eh. That was a bit much. Um, But I will say the barbed wire board on the chairs, that was fucking stupid. And I'm going to yeah. tell you why it was stupid. Because that spot was used when John Moxley decided, I'm going to push Hangman off the turnbuckle and his head hit the goddamn board. That was the most unsafe spot I have seen in an AEW match. And that's saying a lot. Why the fuck would you do that? And if anything, I think the more violent Moxley gets, the more he hurts his credibility as a wrestler. Because he's demonstrating that he's not safe to work with. When he does stupid shit like that. It was horrible. This match could have been a lot better. It helped Hangman in the long run. When he took the chain. Hung him over his neck. And Moxley tapped out. That So the finish was great. It got Hangman over. Which he needed a win after the shit he's been through. Okay. You do realize he legitimately hung him for like three seconds, right? I don't blame him. He hit his head on that barbed wire board when he came off the top. I call that a fucking receipt. I don't know. He legitimately hung him 
for like four, four or five seconds. If you push me off a turnbuckle and the back that of my so, head hits a barbed so wire board, I'm hanging your ass. That was so unsafe. It was, but I'm just saying. To me, I don't consider that unsafe. I consider the hanging a receipt. And on that note, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening for the TNT Championship. Samoa Joe defends the title against Wardlow. Why did Wardlow choke him out? What was the significance with this? Oh, uh, Samoa Joe's finisher is the Kokia Clutch. Okay, so and? he pretty much choked him out with like his own. But what did that accomplish? Nothing. He won the title. What other accomplishments did he make? No, no, no. What did that accomplish though? When you could have got him more over by 16 power bombs at a power bomb symphony. Probably, but maybe he didn't, wasn't sure if he could lift Samoa Joe for that many power bombs. He's a big motherfucker. <laughs> I'm gonna try to lift this fat fuck for 16 power bombs. I don't think so. No, 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 Mr. Budrilla. He's a big motherfucker. Yeah. To Rick Ross. I like Samoa Joe, but let's just say he eats a lot of cheeseburgers. I mean, it happens. I'm not allowed to have any more, but it happens. Just saying. Neither are you. You know, he goes to McDonald's and say, what do you like to eat? He says, yes. So, anyway, in this match, I will say, um, overall, I thought it was a good match. It was decent. It was back and forth. There wasn't a lot of fuckery. And here's the thing. Every other match had gimmicks and fuckery and blood and craziness. So, they didn't have to do that. And by not doing that, and they, they didn't, they stood out more. These guys just need to have a fight. They has fight, and that's all they did. Uh, I will say, Warlord running up the ropes and hit a corkscrew, I felt was unnecessary. I don't know why it was there. Why does he need to do it? He doesn't. Like Warlord doesn't have to do those things. I honestly think he does those things to keep the AEW marks happy. I think that's the only reason he does that. So go ahead, make the marks happy, but you don't need it. Some people describe Warlow as Jeff Hardy and Batista's body. I want to Will Smith their ass whenever possible. Mr. Budgerani, Mr. Budgerani, Mr. Budgerani, we don't talk about that shit, okay? We don't talk about how his wife cheated on him and then interviewed his ass. Yes. Crowd seemed tired after Moxie versus Paige. It still reacted to everything, but not as loud as you would expect. Um, I did like the pass out, but these guys just, they had a normal fight. I liked that. They didn't have to do stupid shit. They didn't have to do craziness. They just had to go out there and be themselves and Wardlow gets his redemption. Although, I think this would have had a bigger impact if Joe didn't go through the emo Knievel transition period with his title. I think this would have had a greater impact. But still, Wardlow got the win, got exactly what he needed, and he choked out the king of television. I look forward to seeing where they go from here. Now that Samoa Joe's dropped that TV title, is he going to stay on Dynamite? Or now that Ring of Honor's doing their own TV thing, is he going to fuck off over there and pretty much be done? Because I think he's probably going to the Ring of Honor side now they're starting to do some type of TV streaming bullshit. He's probably going to start shifting over there and Warlow's going to run rampant on TNT or TBS and whatever. And on that note, we're going to move on to, oh dear God, fuck my life. The next match, the evening for the AEW Tag Team Championships. The Guns defend the titles against Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal, The Acclaimed, and Orange Cassidy and Danhausen. The Acclaimed. Everybody loves The Acclaimed. Do they? No, no, not at all. Um, I mean, if you're in the elemental P community, yes, you probably love The Acclaimed. But <laughs> <laughs> the name is Jerry Truman. You really love The Acclaimed. Yes. Anyway, you know, because one of them is half hetero and the other is half homo. And 100% available. <laughs> 
Anyway, this entire match was a clusterfuck. The only thing that was good in it was the fact that Danhausen was here. Yeah, this match, um, basically, Austin and Colton each had half of a Shawn Michaels entrance outfit. Um, I was trying to figure that out. Yes. Did we not have the budget? I guess not. Is that what was going on? We didn't have the budget? We spent all of the budget on Adam Page's new theme song? Because this match was a lot like watching a kid with Down syndrome try to drink water with his shaky hand. This match, it was about like Roseanne Barr trying to figure out what carbs she could or could not count. It was about like watching Tom Arnold pull his own penis. It was about like watching a kid with cerebral palsy try to find a G-spot with his bad hand. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It was about like watching... <laughs> It was about, like, watching two kids with Down syndrome try to fuck. You know, there's a lot of love there, but they have no idea what the fuck they're doing. Exactly. Outside of the, uh, some of the double team spots, it was basically a clusterfuck you could not keep up with. And then, of course... Double team, that's three kids with Down syndrome trying to figure out how to fuck. Uh, So after the whole fiasco with the tag match, um, we get confronted by FTR. Uh, Yes, and we were all missing FTR. Yes. Because a lot like this match, it was time in our lives we couldn't get back. Well, here's here's the issue that I have. It's no stranger I am a fan of FTR. We've talked many times here on the show about FTR and how badly they've been getting fucked. On this show, AEW. Now, all of a sudden, they're looking like they're about to go for the tag team titles. So, here's my question. Why would Tony Khan wait until the other three titles were dropped to now give them the AEW World Tag Team titles? Wrestling. There's no reasonable explanation. Don't try to figure this out. It's for goddamn ridiculous. Now, they can drop the AAA belts. They have about as much value as a Mexican food stamp. But you had them as the IWGP... Tag Team Champions. You had them as the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. You couldn't bring the AEW belts to them? And that's why every time we say FTR is getting fucked, everybody, including a certain member of our group, loves to keep telling me, well, they won those other three titles, so they're not getting buried. Those belts mean nothing without the AEW World Tag Team titles attached to them. The IWGP tag titles have no value whatsoever in AEW. They only have value in Japan. Ring of Honor, at the time, did not have a TV deal. They still don't have a TV deal. I don't know where the fuck they're streaming it, but it's somewhere where people can watch it. I'm not, because I don't care enough. But those belts meant nothing, because they were on AEW every single week. They needed those belts to complete the collection. Then, after they dominated for a bit, then they can drop the other ones. Drop the tag belts in Japan. Drop the Ring of Honor belts to whoever. Which, by the way, speaking of the Ring of Honor tag team belts, no one's explaining what the hell they're going to do with those. Yeah, that's the um I, I I wouldn't be surprised if the Briscoes became just the honorary all time Ring of Honor champions. And they just get they just don't have any more tag team division? Uh, they might have a tag team division, they just might not have or have a tag team title again. Yeah, that makes sense. Have tag teams wrestle for just honor and pride and all that shit, I guess. Glory. Don't forget glory. Yeah, why not? That's what the wrestlers today fight for anyway. They want to fight for belts just so they can hold it and say, hey, look what I'm wearing. I put no value on this thing, but don't it look shiny? Glory, yes, glory. Now we're going to see FTR get a tag team title shot. Better late than never, I guess. How does this man have Booker of the Year again? Oh, that's right. Dave Meltzer has his head up his ass. There we go. I need to get my connection so I 
I can keep uh, having a podcast where I talk and say nothing and get paid. The American glory, Dream, yes, children. Glory, glory. And on that note, we move on to the main event of the evening. The only thing worthwhile on this whole fucking card, aside from one incident that Gary and I are going to talk about, obviously. The Iron Man match, 60 minutes for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. MJF defends the gold against Brian Danielson. This was absolutely amazing. I enjoyed it so very much. Oh, I enjoyed this. This was great. This was just great. There was storytelling. There was every aspect of it. A man who was a heel. There was a heel. There was a real heel. Just phenomenal. Yeah, there's a chant that fans love to do. And they always chant it during times where it's not necessary. This was awesome. That's not it. That wasn't the chant I'm referring to. What I'm referring to is the chant that goes, This is wrestling. And half the time, it's not wrestling. This was fucking wrestling. This was wrestling, ladies and gentlemen. This defines everything that professional wrestling is supposed to be. These guys had an hour to work with. And guess what they did? Zero stupid shit. They didn't rush anything. They didn't hot shot anything. They paced it knowing they're going for an hour. There was wrestling. There was working. There were holds. There were submissions. There was built suspense. You know, the heel rolling out of the ring to get his composure and run out the clock. Strategy. They didn't do stupid shit. You seldom saw any dives or any stupid crap. They wrestled for an hour. And as Gator mentioned, they told a story in that ring. There was emotion. There was even blood. I don't think it was necessary. It didn't hurt it. It didn't hurt it. I'm saying, I don't think it was necessary, but it didn't hurt. But these guys worked for an hour. They paced themselves. They didn't gas themselves up. They did very, very well. MJF calling out Meltzer right into the camera was hilarious. I popped. The powerbomb backbreaker looked awesome. MJF hitting that elbow drop to put Danielson through the table. Uh, the tombstone MJF hit from the middle turnbuckle that was great and immediately selling his knee afterwards like there were false finishes but they were done perfectly to where you actually believed it was the finish let's be honest most of the time in AEW when you see false finishes you know the match isn't over you know it's not over you know that person's kicking out in this match you did not know there were times where there were submissions and it looked like the person was clearly gonna tap but he didn't they kept going and going until finally, MJF locks in the LaBelle lock on Daniel Bryan, his own submission move, and he finally has no choice but to tap out. And not only that, it went to sudden death overtime. Brilliant. Because the reason it worked here was because. There's two reasons why. Number one, we've seen Brian Danielson in the past go to draws in 30-minute time limit matches. The one with Adam Page comes to mind. Where they did 30 minutes or an hour, and the some bitch ended in a draw. Both times. They were in matches that were draw. So the fact that this match could end in a draw on pay-per-view was believable, and best believe if it did, I'd have a whole different opinion on this show right now. So the overtime worked. But it also worked because the whole thing was MJF can't last an hour in the ring. MJF doesn't have the endurance. MJF doesn't wrestle enough to last an hour. He went past yeah, an hour. Yeah, which is surprising because we found out, guess what? He has the stamina. He has it. He did it. So it was brilliant in that regard. Really, in this match, there's only one or two complaints. None of them are on the wrestlers. Well, one is, but not for anything he did in the ring. Uh, First complaint. Whoever was in charge of the scoreboard and the time clock, you need more practice. Somebody with experience should have been involved in that. Because first of all, you can barely see the clock half the time. You don't see much of a countdown in this match. 
which is not good because that clock helps you build suspense. Also, at one point, there was like, they messed up the scorecard where they gave like Daniel Bryan extra points when MJF was the one who got the pin or something and they had to like reset the clock and Tony's covering it up on commentary. So yeah, that type of fuckery can take you out of the match if you're watching at home. The people in the stands don't give a shit because they're looking up at the monitor. They can't see any of that shit. But us watching at home on pay-per-view, we can see that. Clear as day. And then of course, there's the one incident. Gator's been hinting about it throughout the entire show <laughs> I've gone to war on the internet and I'm standing my ground the whole fucking time you have no ground to stand upon this because you're not a heel I'm in the business I can talk about it um you, you know about it but but you're not a heel so you have no ground to stand you do not understand that we live in a world where it is a different situation okay fuck that kid no we are in a different situation and this is, is a gosh is darn snowflake and snowflake, there's all these snowflakes first of all, first of all fuck this is not a snowflake situation at all okay i don't give a fuck if you're a heel a baby face whatever the fuck you are you don't throw a drink on a kid and i don't care what's in the drink i don't care if it's water i don't care if it's urine i don't care if it's semen soda alcohol whatever the fuck is in there unless you planted someone in the audience you do not do that and mjf to me is a better heel than that he doesn't need to do that. There's no rhyme. There's no reason. It doesn't add to the story. It doesn't make him a bigger asshole than he already was. He was already full-fledged asshole going into the pay-per-view and at the pay-per-view. They already hated MJF. There was no reason whatsoever to do that, especially in this day and age where you can get a company sued. See, back in the day, in the days of the savages, as I call them, Fuck you. But nobody was lawsuit crazy back then. You That's did cool. shit to a fan, okay. you has fight. Okay, Today, but, but here's, it's the, here's the thing. Galore. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay, Stephen P. New was not called. It's fine. Fuck that kid. There's a reason why he wasn't called, because Tony Khan did fucking damage control. Yes. Gave a bunch of free and shit. And as long as Tony does damage control, then it's fine. No. Who gives a fuck? I give a fuck. Because it's a stupid thing to fucking do. The it promoter should not, not be giving away free do. shit and making people go backstage because you're a reckless jackass. To me, it's no you different than the guys who dive out of the ring and land on people in the front row. Where Tony now puts disclaimers trying to warn people, if you sit in the front row, we are not responsible for what happens to you. Because Tony doesn't have the fucking stones to look his talent in the eye and say, hey, stop doing reckless stupid shit. Stop fucking with the people so I don't get sued, you dumb motherfuckers now it's like now we've already said this before and i'll say it again it's one thing if the fan puts his hands on a wrestler we've always said if the fan makes the first move the wrestler has carte blanche to do whatever he damn well pleases yes, you yes, put but, your hands on a talent that is fair game at that point your ass belongs to the wrestler the manager the referee the announcer whichever one of us gets to you first if security don't get to you first we reserve the right to fuck you up if you jump the barricade or touch us while we're doing a floor spot by the barricade. But if you you're a wrestler okay. and you make the first move, you deserve whatever the fuck happens to you. Because I'll say this but right he now. he didn't make the first. There was no move to be made. He just got a kid wet, okay? He fingered a kid and he got another kid wet. It's fine. Well, in that case, he should be in jail. But I'm saying this. The <laughs> fact that that kid doesn't have a dad is the only reason shit didn't go down. Because I will tell you right now. Well, it was a black kid. 
And just so you know, I'm not saying that because he's black. I'm saying I know he doesn't have a dad. How did you assume he didn't have a dad? Because he because was a black MJF kid. Because MJF is still breathing. Because I'll tell no, you right now, if that black, were me, no. and you threw a drink, and MJF threw a drink on my kid, I would whoop MJF's ass if he did that no, to you. my kid. And then when he was done, I'd take all the loose change out of my wallet, throw it at his head, and say, pick it up, Jew boy, pick it up. You don't fuck with kids. You always fuck with the children because they're the ones that are going to give you a reaction. Verbally, you Vinny, fuck with them, not Vinny, physically. Vinny, 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 you Vinny, Vinny. Stop being... And say shit. Like, I've no... Hold on, let me finish and you can talk. Gator, I know in the past you've done things where you told kids you shot the Easter Bunny and Santa isn't real and the kid's dad's not really in the army and you made fun of a kid in a wheelchair. You did it verbally on the mic. That's fine. But you didn't touch those kids. That's a different story. I'd have put you on blast if you physically did anything to them. But you just talk verbally. Verbal is fine. Verbal criticism, anybody should be man enough to take. But no wrestler should be doing anything physical to a man, a woman, or a child in the crowd that was not planted there. Because at the end of the day, even though I'm a fav- I'm all 4K fave, I respect it completely, there is a standard at some point. No. There ha- there, so- you gotta draw a line somewhere. No. And that's where it is. You don't touch kids. He didn't touch him. He just threw a drink in his that's face. That's the same Here's thing. Thing, Vinny. That's That's not the same you're thing. not understanding. You're not, no, hold on. You got to do your rant now. Here's mine. Go ahead. Okay. The world is full of pussies and snowflakes. Okay. That's all that kid was was a damn snowflake. The mom's a snowflake. Get over it. It was a heel being a heel. He threw a drink in the kid's face, okay? The kid was also in the way. He was he sat in the chair and was in the way, okay? Get out of the way. You're in the way of the action. Don't be in the way of the action. In the way, his chair was positioned where they put the chairs. Okay, and if you're standing in the front row and the wrestler's coming to you, you get out of the way. He's, he was in he the way. He wasn't even coming at him. He was sitting in a chair. He was in the way. The kid was he sitting was in the way and he deserved what he got. He deserved what he got. He deserved what he got. They made it okay. He got them to talk to his favorite wrestlers at the end. And here's the thing. There is a difference between jumping into the crowd and killing a a little a little girl to the point where Stephen B. New has to be called and just throwing a drink on a, on a poor little black child with no father who was probably only there because somebody gave him charity comp seat. I said, fuck, if, if it was me, I would have threw the drink on the kid in the wheelchair or... The kid from Make-A-Wish. Kid, that's the only thing that would have been better in this situation. Of course. Well, that's because you like to piss people off because you don't care if you get in the fight. No, because I'm going to win a fight. <laughs> I don't fight fair. I'm just saying, if you're going to get heat, the only thing that would have been better for him to get heat is if he had fucking threw the water on a kid in a wheelchair and his chair malfunctioned or something. See, again, fuck- you don't have to go there. There's yeah, no logical kick- reason to fucking go there is my the point. Cr- or kick the crotch out of- off a of little Timmy's fucking ass. No, no, here's the thing. If you're going to make fun of, first of all, there's no logical reason to do any of this, but if you were going to do that, no, what you do is you go next to the kid, hop on one foot, or or <coughs> emphasize the fact you got two working legs and taunt him that way. You don't have to kick the crutch the, out from underneath I've done, There's I've other done ways both to of those. I've done both of those, but sometimes you have to kick a kid's fucking crutch out. What do you mean sometimes? When? When would a situation call for that? On what level? When they're in your, when they're in your way. 
first of all, no, you don't do that because the kid was not in the when way. They're in your, when they're in your way. Other times you have to pick a kid in a wheelchair up and just maneuver him out of the way. And, I'll, and I'll, just to be clear, I know there's going to be some assholes on the internet. They're going to say this to me um, and be like, well, Benny, what you defended Lacey Evans. Yes, I did. You know why I defended Lacey Evans? Because when she, all she did was go up to a kid, pretend to shake his hand and go, psych. That's being a heel. That's getting heel heat. That's it's the same, and it's the same thing that MJF did. No, the it's only not. difference is, no, it's not. The only difference, is, yes, it is. The only difference is he got a kid wet. It's fine. All right, and that, ladies and gentlemen, will wrap up this recap of AEW Revolution. Uh, Gator, thanks so much for joining me, and I'll uh, talk to you next time for Dynamite. Yes, it's great. I'll see you Wednesday. I'm the Gator, and I'll see you later. Miss Boudreaux is going to finish the show. Bye. So make sure you guys follow the Boochcast. We're on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Make your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Uh, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter and Instagram at theboochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Visit our YouTube channel. Check out all of our YouTube content and be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted. Uh, our next episode of Dark Side of the 90s is actually going to drop. We have uh, going to be dropping on Thursday, which is... Um, UFC Part 1, No Holds Barred. That's right. So we're going to be talk, getting into the formation and the history of the UFC Ultimate Fighting Championship on the Boochcast YouTube channel. Check it out. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, April 1st and Sunday, April 2nd for WrestleMania 39. We'll be getting together for the biggest event in all of professional wrestling. And ladies and gentlemen, the card is stacked. It has gotten better and better in recent weeks. So now here's what we have so far confirmed for WrestleMania. We have Roman Reigns defending the undisputed WWE Universal Championship against Cody Rhodes. Charlotte Flair defending the SmackDown Women's Championship against Rhea Ripley. Bianca Belair defending the Raw Women's Championship against Asuka. Brock Lesnar versus Omos. Gunto defending the Intercontinental Championship against the winner of the whatever match they're having on SmackDown. Austin Theory versus John Cena for the United States Championship. Seth freaking Rollins versus Logan Paul and Trish Trasley and Becky Lynch versus Damage Control in a six-woman tag match. All that and more coming to WrestleMania 39. Join us on twitch.tv slash theboochcast. We also have our live D&D show coming soon, our Boochcast booking battle, and a special project in the works. Also, you can support the Boochcast by going to anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Pick the one that works the best within your budget. We have our first level which is 99 cents $1 per month we have our second level which is $4.99 $5 per month the same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription you know, a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock so don't give them money give us money we got better content at Peacock anyway and we got the third and final level you can donate at which is for a mere $9.99 $10 per month same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States ever since sold to the Peacock you got nowhere to put that $9.99 $9.99 bring it over here we got better content than Network and unlike all Elite Wrestling we actually care about our fans and are dedicated to giving the people what they, the option of paying with a credit card or with GPay. And the best part is all the money we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We used to upgrade our equipment, we used to bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the booch casties. So if you got a favorite co-host and believe they're to be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm slash the slash support is how you make that happen. And then if there's any money left over, when it's all said and done, we use the rest to feed Zachariah Scott his ramen noodle 
goals and try to get him late. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Boochcast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby. Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all. Goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.